but I think it matters because it's a really part, important part of our experience as women. It's not our only experience, but it is an important experience that has a lot of heart to it and humor and, you know, really deep emotion. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms right. Hey moms, it's Jackie. On the show we talk to moms writing across all types of genres from horror to romance, many of which have nothing to do with the experience of being a mom, and that is awesome. But if you do want to write about that part of your life, the newly emerging comedy genre of momcom may be the perfect fit. Momcom centers on the experience of motherhood. Full disclosure, my current work in progress is a momcom, so I am super excited that this genre even exists. And to explain what it means to write momcoms, I'm also even more excited for you to meet today's guest. Lisa Rowe is a mother of two. Her debut novel, A Momcom, called Welcome to the Neighborhood, was published last year by Sourcebooks Casablanca. Without further ado, please welcome Lisa Rowe. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, <laughs> thank you for coming on my show. Um, it's such a thrill. So what are you most excited about right now? Well, actually, that's the perfect question because just yesterday I found out that Welcome to the Neighborhood was named um, one of the best rom-coms of 2022 by USA Today. What? So, yeah, so I actually have, you know, most people ask me that question and I'm like, oh, let me think my book on a shelf, you know, people asking me to sign my book, all kinds of, you know, other cool things that are unbelievably cool, but that's pretty cool. And that just happened. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm excited. Very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What does that say to you that your book got chosen for that? Yeah, it just, well, it just makes me feel like people are connecting with, you know, it was based on a review, it was actually based on a review uh, by USA Today. Uh, my book was named one of the top April rom-coms. And so uh, this list that came out yesterday is sort of a list of all the books that got perfect scores. So, you know, to have the word perfect in any kind of connection with my book is so funny because, you know, we all as writers, cling on to our imposter syndrome for dear life. And so, you know, it's sort of, they're, pu- you know, they're pulling that, that um, feeling mm-hmm. away from me because I can't really argue with that. So it's really given me a lot of confidence. Um, I'm super excited to find new readers that way, hopefully, um, and see what, you know, if more people can connect to the book the way I feel like, you know, this reviewer did. And then also, you know, I do get a lot of um, feedback from readers who are sort of, echoing what the interviewer said. So let's, you know, fingers crossed, it'll get it into a few more hands too. Absolutely. And I I think it's kind of especially exciting because it is not a traditional book, right? I mean, you're really showcasing a part of women that 
isn't often depicted, you know, so often rom-coms are about the 20-something going to Paris or whatever, right? Right, right. And and, and, and in reality, this book is, um, the rom of the com is a little bit, it's not secondhand because it's the thing that gets, sort of, you know, it's the story about a woman who moves into a new neighborhood and sort of has to find her place and decide whether she wants to find her place if she you know if she can she ends up you know it's it's funny and heartwarming and she kind of does ends up going to battle and i always call it uh gilmore girls meets the real housewives so <laughs> in its heart it's the story about a mom and a daughter who move to a new town and kind of their relationship and how they're going to support each other and but of course the relationship that she has with her new husband is really important first of all the marriage got her into this neighborhood. And then as people will know, it's I'm not spoiling anything, her husband is called out of town for an extended period of time and she is left to fend for herself. So it's a story about how their marriage survives or, you know, during this time period where, where, you know, she's under a lot of pressure with her marriage and with her living situation. So in that way, yes, I mean, it's got the, the rom of the calm, but um, I sometimes call it a mom-com. <laughs> it really is about, you know, uh, what, you know, what we do for our kids as mothers, especially when they're in trouble or things aren't going well for them, how much we're willing to sacrifice, which is always, you know, a lot, and, and how they do that and how this particular mom who's a fish out of water in this new town will do it. So, yes. And I think that's it's so exciting that you're, bringing attention to this fairly new genre, I think. I mean, I've, I only have heard MomCom used a little bit, so I feel like it's an emerging thing. Yeah, I think it's an emerging thing too. And I didn't set out to create a MomCom. You know, I just, I set out to write the story about this mother and her daughter and, you know, the people around her and the people in her life. And then after I had finished writing it, I thought, to my, I just like a bolt of lightning said, ah, it's a mom com. And I thought, oh my God, I just coined this phrase. I'm going to be rich. I made a whole new genre. And then little lo and be no, I go out into the world and it's like, it's the thing, Lisa, you know, you can make it up. Why do you think writing about that relationship is happening now more? And why does it matter? Oh, that's really interesting. I'm not sure why it's happening more now, but I think it matters because it's a really part, important part of our experience as women. It's not our only experience, but it is an important experience that has a lot of heart to it and humor and, you know, really deep emotion. And it's, you know, I think the people who have read my book have very often said it's very relatable to them. So I think, you know, people can see themselves in it. They can reflect in it. I had someone say to me, I don't have kids, but when I do, I'm going to do just what Ginny does. And I think, oh, my God, because, you know, as a mother, I have grown children now. And so I've been through the whole, you know, gamut of, of child rearing. And I made so many mistakes, you know, just everything you could, every mistake you can make in the book. But Ginny, like I like to say, Ginny got all, Ginny and I have parallel experiences, but Ginny got all the good lines because she, you know, I knew how to get her through tough situations that maybe I didn't get through so well. So when somebody says to me, they want to be just like Ginny when they're a mom, I mean, it, it means the world to me, but I also think, you know, it's not going to be that easy. I do think people want to read about themselves and that's a big part of who we are as women. Totally. And I feel maybe what you're offering that is so valuable is that vulnerability and like that openness, transparency that 
it's you don't have to be this perfect mom to be a mom absolutely and Ginny does make a lot of mistakes and she has always the best intentions as I think we all do but you know like me and her a little bit less than the messes I made but you know we kind of there's no there's no um instruction manual as they say you know and there used to be what to expect when you're expecting I mean I guess that's still around I read it (laughs) a long time ago but there's you know there's not a lot of what to expect how to do this phase of motherhood so a lot of us you know trial and error and see what works and kids are all different so they don't all respond to the same thing so yeah but I I wanted to be I wanted Janine not to be perfect you know, and I've had some reviewers say that they got mad at her for some of the decisions she made, but that was intentional, you know, because we're not perfect. We make lots of mistakes and we struggle along the way and we find ourselves. So I thought that was important for her. Yeah. And that's so interesting that you bring up reader response. Um, What has that been like for you? Um, I would say the majority of my readers have been really um, complimentary about the book. They've found it funny, which is all I care about. I mean, I just want to laugh, you know, I just yeah. someone to, you know, think, cause you know, when you're, when, I mean, I, one of the rules of being funny is that you never say you're funny because <laughs> then you're not, you know, then you're just trying too hard and you're pathetic. But one <laughs> of the rules of trying to write funny is, you know, to, to get a response from somebody and it does, you know, you often fall flat and there's actually um, a line in the book about cu- with comedy timing is everything because it's true. So when I, when I, when people say the book was funny or the book was witty or the book was charming or I, you know, snort laughed, um, <laughs> you know, I, I really appreciate that. So I, I found that to be great. Um, you know, a lot of people are very into the relationship between this mother and daughter because it's, they're very close, but I'm also getting people who are pissed at, you know, the husband for leaving pissed that she didn't go with him you know, that kind of stuff. And that's been interesting to me because I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, I can't please everybody, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's, I know, it's kind of the gratifying in a way. I I would feel that people are so impacted because you're like, I just made this person up, remember? And that they're treating them like a real person, right? Yes, yes. And I do find that a lot. And I think that's really interesting. Oh, and one other thing I did want to bring up about my readership is that I'm a lot of young women, are, are responding to this book. And I'm hmm. still trying to figure out why, you know, women in their early twenties and it can't be the romance because that's sort of like two middle-aged people who got married and the romance is a little bit secondhand anyway. And it yeah. can't be the motherhood aspect of it. So I'm wondering if they're relating to the little girl, which they're in age, not that far away from, and hmm. you know, maybe still remembering that time in their life. But um, I was sort of very surprised about that. It's just amazing what happens when you send this project down to the world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And what about the comedy? So what was your draw to writing comedy? And like, you, you talked a little bit about one of your rules. Like, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, well, my thing is to do serious themes and stories where women learn something about themselves, but in a humorous way. Mm. You know, I think my, you know, comedy, which of course, we're not supposed to say that as you know, funny people. I don't know if I'm, um, if I'm just being recorded or if I'm on film, but I keep doing air quotes, uh, comedy and humor. Um, 
is I think a lot of it is my voice. You know, like I tell the story in my own voice and, you know, you're talking to me, you kind of know this is it basically, you know, I am, I write like I talk, which was my first lesson in writing that my father, who was a writer, gave me when I was a kid. He said, he didn't give me a lot of great advice over my lifetime, but he did say, (laughs) like people talk. So that is Mm. the thing I bring to my work. And I think that that, um, brings a lot of what people would consider the humor into it, you know, and then mm. I, I always have sort of these, you know, quirky side characters who are very real to me and they're very real and they have real issues. But I think that they're always a little, you know, a lot of people are just a little bit off in them. So, and, and that's in all of my, in all of my writing. Okay, that's so interesting. So uh, what you're saying is like, co- like the comedic or air quotes, <laughs> air quotes um, part of your voice is, is how you yourself see the world. And so it just comes naturally through. You know, and then sometimes I'll, I'll hear a story and I'll twist it, you know. Um, for example, I don't think this is giving anything away in the book either, but very early in the book, uh, Ginny meets her next door neighbor, Wayne, um, because he's helped himself to her hot tub and he's just shown up. I, without naming names, I did hear a story about someone in real life who was doing that to his next door neighbors. And I thought, yeah, this is going in a book. This is going in. Yeah. So that, um, you know, things like that will, you know, I'll sort of catalog them and think to myself, that's going in. Oh yeah. That's going in. Right. Yeah. And what do you think? So I interviewed Alexandra Potter. I don't know if you've come across her work. She wrote um, Confessions of a 40-something F-Up. Oh, no, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. And again, well, you could imagine just from the title, some of the parallels. Um, And she said that uh, you're either funny or you're not. Okay. (laughs) What do you think of that? That that intrigues me. If if someone... Uh doesn't feel like they're funny naturally. Does that mean don't write rom-coms? Oof. I don't want to discourage anyone. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. I've never had the experience where I've had to try to be something I, you know, that didn't feel right to me. That didn't feel like something that was just coming out of me naturally. So I don't know, but I mean, I guess I would encourage somebody to try to look at things from a different angle. If they didn't feel Mm. like they were funny, but they wanted to find the humor in a situation. Um, Mm. One of the things that I do this is slightly off topic, but um, but relevant is that, you know, like if I get stuck in a plot corner um, and, you know, you're beating your head against the wall and the walls brick and you can't keep going and whatever. Like I, I thought to myself, just think around it, go go over it or go behind it, you know, and look at it from a different angle. And sometimes you see a different way of plotting something or writing a writing a scene or something like that. And I think maybe mm-hmm. that's a situation, you know, like if you recognize um like a, a scene or a story or a plot as being funny, but you can't really kind of get your voice going there. Maybe just sort of look at it from somebody else's, a different character's perspective or a different perspective, or even, you know, what would somebody funny on T, what would Ricky Gervais say if, you know, he was writing it? I mean, I, I think that's what my advice would be. I just, I don't know if that's would a hundred percent work because you have to be able to recognize the humor in order to write it. That's for sure. But I do like what you're saying about looking at it from a different perspective, because I kind of feel like maybe that is really what humor is. 
in a lot of ways, right? It's we're we're taking someone down a different a direction, and then they expect you to go straight ahead, and then suddenly you're going left, right? And that you know surprise, right? Yeah, is yeah is what makes people laugh in a way because you've you've taken a different perspective. Yes, or you've made them uncomfortable, or you've taken them off guard. Yeah said something that you wouldn't expect uh, someone to say. What I mean by that is like, you don't expect me to tell you a very personal funny story that happened to me. And if I do, like that might be funny to you too. You know, I just think, you, you know, that's a way to do it. And, and it's interesting because people mm-hmm. definitely, I think, find their, their space in writing because I could never write a thriller. I just, you know, I, I think about it a lot. You know, what mm-hmm. if somebody said switch genres and you write a thriller and, you know, I think, and or, or a mystery, even a mystery more to me, because I feel like they, you, you know, you have to start the story backwards. You have to know how it ends and my head would pop off. I wouldn't know how to do that. So I think maybe people yeah. look for different kinds of writing as well. Right. Maybe it's not trying to figure out any particular thing. It's just like write whatever comes out of your your mouth. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, what we're saying is find your voice. Yeah. That's find your- really what we're saying is that, you know, you maybe you have to write a bunch of different things and find out what re- really resonates with you or resonates with your re- with readers because, you know, you might just be a perfect mystery writer, but comedy might not be your thing. And then again, going back to rom-coms, because I'd hate to, rom-coms are fantastic and I would hate to discourage anybody. You know, sometimes what what's great about a rom-com is how charming it is. And I think charming is different than funny. You can really lean into charming and mm. that that sort of, I'm going to say atmosphere, but that's not the right word. You know, that kind of, tone, it's a tone that, you know, is, is slightly different than trying to be funny. Yeah. And there's almost a continuum, I think, like, you know, some books are, yeah, like they're, they're charming and maybe, you know, on the other end, it's like hilarious, but right. it's all like in the same vein of like lifting you up and making you smile. And sometimes right. you're like snort laughing with like yeah. your slurpee coming out of your nose. And then sometimes you're just like, hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what I, I like when, I can't do it because something will come out of my nose, but like the, <laughs> sort of like when somebody's reading and they laugh, but it's sort of like a, just a exhale through the nose. It's not even a snort laugh. It's just an exhale. Through the nose. You know that they appreciate that moment. Like that's a nice place to be as well. I think. Yeah. You're right. There is like special kind of laughs that, that come from reading something like alone, right? It's, it's a different kind of laugh than the laugh that you might have when you're talking to your best friend about the male, whatever, right? Right, right, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I almost need to like categorize it. <laughs> On the spectrum of of emotions while reading. Yeah. Actually would be a good, that would be a good meme for someone to do and post. I'll, I'll do TikTok. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, different types of laughter from different books. Yeah. And what first like got you into writing I know that you, you know, you had a background in marketing and you then you, you know, focused on raising your children. Right. Well, so I go all the way back, like to the stone ages. I was raised in a family of writers and artists. And so it was sort of a thing, you know, like, you know, it, we, I wrote plays, I wrote little poems, I wrote all kinds of things. And it just was something we did in my family. It wasn't unusual or unique at all. My father 
um, was a writer and um, he never actually had any of his, he almost had a novel published. He never did, but he, you know, he would sit at his old Royal typewriter, the manual typewriter and clack away at the keys and things like that. And so it, it was part of our environment. And um, I went into advertising um, you know, jump ahead a million years. I went into advertising as a way to kind of get closer to writing, but it's a, you know, it's a very different world, uh, advertising in terms of being a fiction writer. Um, and it wasn't until, and I, I talk about this in, in my bio, it wasn't until I started telling my kids stories, you know, mm -hmm. just to entertain them and things like that. I had this whole series of stories that I used to tell them as recurring characters. I never wrote them down. And I have the worst short-term memory, as you could tell, because I lost my train of thought of many <laughs> um, I never wrote them down. So I thought, oh yeah, I better start writing stuff down. So then I, you know, was got a little bit into that. I took a little mini tiny class at an adult school just to sort of feel more comfortable with putting words on paper. I hadn't done it in such a long time. And then sort of, I very slowly climbed the mountain from there. You know, from there I did, I started writing some short stories. Then I made an attempt at writing a novel and it was terrible and I tried to query it anyway and it didn't go anywhere. Welcome to the Neighborhood is my fourth novel that I queried. So I have racked up hundreds of rejections over the, mm. so I'm, I'm just that, I'm the poster girl for persistence and, and knocking your head against a wall, I guess. Um, yeah, and then it just, you know, the more I do it, you know, it's like anything. The more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it, and the better you get at it, and the more you immerse yourself in the world of authors. And, you know, I have, I'm part of writing communities. I have a lot of author friends, and it just, you know, grew from there. Yeah. That's exciting because, you know, the this podcast is about moms and, and writing. So, but motherhood really played a big role for you in getting your storytelling started. Absolutely. Because, you know, I left advertising soon after my first son was born. And I will admit, my son's 27 years old now. And I really threw myself into being, um, you know, to being a stay at home mom and do it, the you know, do it the best I could, partially because I felt like, oh, yeah, not um, contributing to the family income as I had my whole life. You know, I need to do something productive. I'm going to be the most productive mother ever on the face of the earth. And I had, I put so much into it that when I started writing my own stories, I thought these are the stories I should write because this is such a huge part of my existence. And, you know, the stories about um, not, neither of, you know, none of my books are about my actual kids, but, you know, there's moments, you know, really quiet moments in the book that are mimic things I have felt about my own children and, so yeah, I just thought, you know, I had done, it had been the thing I'd worked on for so long being a mom that it was a really great jumping off point for me to start, you know, my fiction life. And so you mentioned also like that you did persist through a lot of rejections and that's awesome. So what was it like for you when you got that first acceptance? Uh, for when I got the call from my agents? Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely couldn't believe it because um, I had... I was up to 86 rejections on this book and I had sent this agent, my, I had actually met this particular agent, one of my agents, I have two agents. Uh, I met one of my agents at a workshop. And um, when I finished writing the book, I sent it to her and it took her forever to get back to me because that's a very big part of querying is the waiting and the patience 
And, you know, now that I know what agents do for a living, I realize why it takes them so long to get back to everybody. But, um, but so when she finally called, I had completely given up and I just, you know, I had this rule, a hundred queries, a hundred rejections and I'm done and it's time to move on to the next book. So I was at 86 and I just said, I'm very close to being done with this book. It's going to be time to think of something new. And, and then I got the call. So it was unbelievable. It was just, you know, and I was a nervous wreck. I will admit that. <laughs> Absolutely. nervous was battling and, you know, what, why, what are we going to do with this woman? <laughs> Um, so what was the workshop though? That's, that's an interesting part of the story. So the workshop is called the fifth semester. And I have to say that I am not a hundred percent sure it's still running because of COVID. It might've gone fully online, but I encourage anybody who wants to Google it, the fifth semester. And I think it's the number five TH. Um, and it was when I did it. Uh, it was this program. It was, it was the perfect thing for me. It was the thing that got me over the hump of figuring out how to write the story I really needed to write. We went to Chicago for four days and there were about 10 of us. I don't remember the exactly date. And, and two instructors, um, Ann Garvin and Aaron Salello. And they're the founders of the program. And we just, we lived in this brownstone for four days and we just, you know, hashed out story ideas and we learned how to do, um, you know, sort of like the initial pitch of our book, you know, the, the um, Anne calls it the nut graph, but I don't think, I don't know if anybody uses that. It's like, you know, the paragraph where you describe your book perfectly yeah. <laughs> every time. I heard that. Yeah. And really? oh, yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a real thing. And yeah. I personally learned a lot about story structure, which was a, which had been an issue for me in the past. So I learned a lot about story structure. And then what happens is after four days, you go home and over a course, course of period of time, months, you um, hand in a hundred pages when you're done or at a time. And you, you know, one of the two of them was your mentor and Garvin was my mentor. And you work out, you know, you work up your book, you try to write it, you know, during the time period. And then however many months later, and it's all escaping me the exact timing, but then you go to New York, New York City. And that whole weekend is learning how to pitch your book, um, learning about querying. You know, I mean, a lot of people hadn't queried before I had. So I was sort of like, um, tell me something I don't know. But you know, it was just a lot of learning how to, the, the ins and outs of querying. And, you know, it's very, querying is is like this exact science. Like you can't screw around with querying. You have to follow the rules exactly and do, you know, pre, uh, um, pitch exactly the way you're asked and find agents who are interested in your kind of work, but don't have somebody who writes exactly like you. You know, it's a balancing act. And um, then we had this cocktail party at um, a literary agency and we all got to sit around this conference room table and we had one paragraph to pitch our books to a couple of agents and a couple of editors who came in and they gave you feedback on what you, on, you know, what they thought of it, how you could strengthen it. And so it was a nice, and if any were of them were interested in the story, you were invited to query them, although you could query them if you wanted to anyway. So that's what happened. So yeah, so I met my agent who's Rachel, Ekstrom at Folio. 
And um, like I said, it took us a long time to kind of get to, I hadn't finished the book by the time I'd met her. And then I um, queried her and she had a lot going on. So it really did mm. take a while for us to get together. And then when she did call, she said that she worked as a team with another agent who is Erin Numata, who's a agent, also an agent of Folio, because Folio does that a lot. They put teams on, on people. Um, so yeah, so that was a great experience. I, you know, I would look into it or something like that for people because mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, it really helped me. I made the big difference between my previous books that got, that are still on shelves and this one. And do you think it was being able to get feedback from like this cohort of people and, and like learning together of the big parts of novel writing as a, as a group? Um, well, I think the group was more of, you know, just sort of uh, camaraderie and support. Mm. I, I think the process that we learned, uh, you know, their system, the different story structures, the different ways of pitching, you know, the different ways of um, writing a scene and things like that. I think that yeah. that you know, most helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's next for you? Well, I, I have a two book deal. So I have another book. Um, we're not exactly sure when it's coming out because the schedule just recently changed. So I can't say a date. Um, and it's um, it's another momcom type thing. It's a very similar. It's a it's a very different story with different characters, but it's a very similar vibe in terms of you know it's going to be. I call it, um, and I don't know if my editor wants me to even say this, but I'm calling it anyway. I call it Glee Glee meets Real Housewives because it's about a woman who goes to volunteer for her daughter's uh, the play her daughter's in, um, and it's sort of the whole drama behind the drama type thing um that i hand i just handed that in last week so we'll you know i can keep you posted um yeah it's exciting and what was it like because the first one you wrote you know it was came out of your own mind and you were in control and then you you brought it to someone and but this one i imagine now you've signed a contract you need to produce something very different one very different experience so yeah I had to, um, you know, to your point, I gave a finished manuscript to an editor at a publishing company. This time I had to pitch book ideas. And, you know, I I wrote like, you know, one or two paragraph book ideas and pitched them. And I will say that I think I pitched five ideas and got them all killed. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, we'll just take your next book, whatever you want to write, Lisa, sure, go ahead. you know, they were, they, you know, my editor made it a really interesting point to me. And she said, we are finding new readers for this book for Welcome to the Neighborhood. And she said, and those readers want to want to read another Lisa Road book next. And they want to kind of know, they want to, they want to, they, if they loved what they read the first time, they want to read something similar. So mm-hmm. I had this task to come up with a story that was in the parameters of what I had written before, but to me, very different because I wanted to be excited about writing it and I want my readers to be excited about a brand new story. So I I did get you know this new story uh, approved and then I wrote a synopsis um, sort of before I'd written the book, you know, like a full 
here's beginning, middle and end. And then I had a much shorter time period to write it in. That's the other thing. You know, when we were writing our first books, which whenever, you know, we're just whatever, whenever the mood strikes us or whatever, this was on it, this had a deadline. And I wrote my first draft in five months. And I wrote my first draft of Welcome to the Neighborhood in 18 months. So wow. it was like going to work every day. It was like getting up and going into work every day. Um, but I did, I did it. I mean, it's, I didn't, there was a lot of revising after that, but just in terms of a first draft, that was, that was new for me. Really. Wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And were you surprised um, when those first four ideas were shot down? Were you like, what? Like, did, or did you? No, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I, I love them. I would have written any of them, but I could see now that they weren't exactly in line with the kind of things that people are expecting from me. You know, maybe that those, any of those ideas would might be something I write down the line when I, you know, people are, you know, they see my name and they want to read the book as, a, as opposed to they want to read another book that's in this, this, you know, area. So, yeah. Uh, that's so interesting is that, yeah, it really was an exercise then and, and you having to commit to like this, this is my brand right now. This is what yeah. people loved in this. And I need to like, hold on to these elements and apply them to something else. Well, it's like, it's really like a puzzle because there are, there are a lot, you know, there are certain elements, you know, in my book and they kind of all needed to be there again, but it yeah. be all new. So it was really a brain tease, you know, just a really a, a, a head scratcher, you know, sometimes to figure it out and figure out. And also just, it needed to be new and fresh and different kind of characters and different, you know, it's a story about a mom and a daughter because that's kind of my thing right now. But you know, it's, um, this mother is different than Ginny and the daughter is in high school. She's not a little girl, you know, so the, their dynamic is very different. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, she's got, they both got different backgrounds. And so I'll keep you posted on whether it worked or not. Yeah, I'm sure it's lovely. So what piece of advice do you think you would give to yourself? The, the version maybe that was, you know, had the 86 rejections. And was like, all right, I got 14 more and I'm out of yeah, here. I'm out of here. Exactly. Um, I think I would say to myself not to take it on board so heavily and so personally. Because that's me. Like, I have anxiety issues. So when I, when things are, you know, stressing me out, it's like I laser focus on them and I feel very, you know, like I'm going to accomplish this and this is important to me. And so every, you know, I was good at sort of sloughing off rejections because I was sort of used to that, but I was like, okay, what's next? What am I going to do next? And when am I going to hear from these people? And, you know, I could say this till I'm blue in the face, but don't check your email every five minutes. And we all do. I mean, that's never going to stop. But if I could have slowed that stuff down in myself, and sort of gone out and smelled some flowers while I was waiting, you know, for the next rejection or the next book to finish, that would be my advice to myself. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, I was persistent. I, I, I wanted to quit so many times and there was definitely a couple of times where I threw myself on the floor and kicked my, you know, kicking and screaming, I'm not doing this anymore, but I never did quit. And part of that is because as a mother, I did not want my kids to see me try so hard at something and quit when I, was almost there. So 
I don't have that. I don't have to say that to myself. You know, I am, I was pushing that boulder up the hill, but you know, for me personally, it would have been, you know, kind of chill a little bit more, you know, it's not, you know, it's, you're not going to change anything by opening your computer every 10 seconds or, you know, checking your phone or, you know, so that would be it. Right. Yeah. And it's incredible. You know, the story you shared at the beginning of this talk about getting that perfect review, right? And like, that's such a validation. And that version of you was, you know, had no idea the expansion that was about to, to come. Right. Absolutely. So keep going, everyone. Yeah. And, and I do think um, community is so important, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and educating yourselves and listening to these podcasts and taking these workshops and courses. And even if you can't, you know, afford to fly to Chicago or what, you know, whatever, you know, there's lots of stuff online. There's lots of organizations. I would like to put a little plug for the Women, Women's Fiction Writers Association. I don't know if you've heard of that, um, mm-hmm. but it's a very large organization Women's Fiction Writers Association. Did I say that right? Women's Fiction Writers Association. Yes, that's another thing you can you can Google. Uh, very large organization for women who write women's fiction, and that and that's a broad spectrum. Women's fiction is a lot, you know, it's a genre, but it covers romance, sci-fi, fantasy, mom-com, you know, paranormal. As long as they're as long as it's the story of a woman's journey emotional and or physical, mostly emotional, considered women's fiction. And they have the best resources, that that organization. It's like 50 bucks a year to join. They've got webinars and workshops and retreats and get togethers. And I have made all of my writing friends through that association and they were so supportive. So, you know, if if anybody writes anything that where your main character is a woman, I would suggest looking into that. What's your definition of of momcom? Because it is a new genre. So I think um, momcom is. I just I had this written down and I had it perfectly. And of course I don't have it with me, but it's basically um, a, a, an emotional but humorous look at motherhood. And um, you know the emotional part is really important. It can't just be funny. It's not slapstick. The emotional part, the emotional connections of being a mother and, you know, and looking at the, you know, the, the stress, the tension, the mistakes, the, you know, the honesty, being honest. But I also think that momcom needs to encompass the parts of ourselves that are not mothers, because mm. while we're mothers, we are other things. You know, we are, we are workers and doctors and lawyers and lovers and things like that. And I think that that's really important to include, you know, to create a whole picture of a mother as a human entity. So that, mm. that did that make sense? But Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting with motherhood, because it's like, we want that recognized, but we also don't want to be defined by it. Right. And we don't, we don't want that to be all we are. Yes. Mm. So where can people, where's the best way for them to catch up with you. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Lisa Rowe writes and it's R O E Lisa Rowe writes on Instagram. And I'm there almost every day and on Twitter, same handle Lisa Rowe writes. I also have a website, Lisa Rowe.com and uh, also on Facebook, Lisa Rowe author. Okay, perfect. And then we'll put a link to welcome to the neighborhood as well in the show notes. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. 
It was. It was really a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the talk with Lisa and maybe you're inspired to write your own mom com. If you are, definitely send me a message and maybe we can even swap some chapters. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. Number one, write like people talk. Number two, if you are writing comedy, look for humor in everyday life. You don't want to miss those hot tub stories. Number three, Another tip for writing humor is to look at situations from a different angle. Remember, you have to be able to recognize the humor in order to write it down. Number three, if you get stuck in a plot corner, go over it, go behind it. You will find another way out. Number four, if you are querying traditional, set your goal for 100 rejection letters per book. Number five, when you're developing your author brand as a new author. Think about what your key elements are. You want to keep things fresh, but you also want readers to be able to rely on certain elements from your stories. And number six, whatever happens, try to slow down and enjoy the journey. Thanks so much for listening. I will put all of the links to the resources that Lisa mentioned in the show notes. And if you want to join the conversation, we have the These Moms Write Facebook group you can sign up for. And there's also a newsletter for the show. You can find a link to that in the show notes. If you can rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, that really helps me to bring in amazing authors like Lisa. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.